welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the scavenging Matt. Hello there. Hi, so, um... It's Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS this week. Yeah, back down to Um, Earth with a bump after last week, aren't we? Uh, I mean... I'm going to try to say some nice things about it. Well, do you, do you want some good news before we yeah. get into it? Yes, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I, I'm going to go the long way around in telling you this story. Sure. So I might actually end up telling you like four or five stories before we get to it. I, I'm game if you are. So, obviously, I'm off work at the moment. Uh-huh. I've been spending a lot of time playing a lot of computer games. Yep. Every Wednesday night on Twitch, don't forget, 8 o'clock, time no, <laughs> uh, sorry, twitch.com forward slash time no space pod. But this so week... That's, that's a regular fixture now, is it? I think so. It's been quite nice in the few weeks I've done it. Mm-hmm. But because I'm so good at computer games, um, whilst I've been off work, I've now completed five computer games in nearly two weeks. Yeah. I finished God of War this week. But that then meant... I couldn't really be bothered to go out and buy a new one, so I, I ordered from Amazon. Yeah. Uncharted 4, I was playing that this morning. But sure. in the time it took that to come, I then had nothing to fill my time. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get to the good news, David, because this week yes. I listened to my first ever Doctor Who Big Finish adventure. Oh, right. Yeah. How was that? Um, do you know what? There was a long period where I thought, this isn't very good. And then at the end, I was like, that was pretty good, actually. I, I think <laughs> I think I picked a poor one to start with. Potentially. Was, Be- it, a, was it a freebie? It was, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's actually on the Big Finish app, but I listened right. through SoundCloud. Uh, so right. I li- listened to Mission of the Virons. Or the Virons. Right, okay. I'm just going to quickly look that up because I've I've not heard it and I've not so, um, w- which doctor is it? Uh, so it's Peter Davison, right? And is it is it like a full cast, like a proper audio drama? Yeah, yeah, it's like a a play. Yes, I... yeah, because basically, basically there are two there are two different main ways in which Big Finish do stuff for for um, Doctor Who. They do the proper full cast audio plays but they also do something called short trips which are like narrated audiobook short stories yeah in in a way um, i think that's what i would have preferred because, really because i can't stand the short trips well, i'm not a fan is, of them like i say i did quite enjoy this one but because it has like time jumps in it right so you got parts of the story before you knew what it necessarily meant Right, so it's just a little bit timey-wimey. Yeah, but then at the end, when you get the reveal, like, it was quite good. Ah, cool. I, m- I might check it out. Um, I mean, I've I've got s- such a big finish backlog. It's ridiculous. Mm. I, I The main thing I've listened to from Big Finish so far is um, the Eighth Doctor mm-hmm. uh, stories. I'm doing them all in order of release. Um, well, I'm they- most of they look like the best ones because they have a bit more free reign. 
Absolutely. With with the the classic doctors, they kind of have to find gaps in the the that doctor's timeline yeah. and like just shove stories into those gaps. And so and this one, like that. it was all about the fifth doctor and Perry. Right. Yeah. So I like five. For what I've heard, five is quite good on audio though. Peter Davison has a lot of time. It has a lot of fun doing. That. Yeah, and I found Perry's voice a lot less grating than when we. Because we saw her when she got strangled, didn't we? Yeah. In twin dilemma. She was yes. a lot less annoying. I think I think she's probably had a lot of time to practice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it must be, what, 20, 30 years between when she was last on TV playing Perry and when she picked up doing them on audio. Um, yeah, audio plays, if you're not used to them, they do take some adjusting to... Um, I, I tend to listen to them when I'm doing something else. So if I'm doing washing up or if I'm playing a puzzle game or I need to be doing something visually and with my hands in order to really focus on them. Well, but I, they I, are very I good. I think if I was aware going in that there was time jumps in the story, yeah, that would have helped me a little bit. Yeah, there, there were yeah. long I mean, periods. They, they don't where... always like. They're not always like that, obviously. But it sounds like this particular one. Well, so, so you be you would you potentially be up for doing more big finish stuff further down the line? Yeah, I mean, I looked on the like I say the SoundCloud, and there were some that were like yeah. an hour or so long, and it yeah. was Sylvester McCoy. So I think I'd, <laughs> I'd rather eat a plate of my own hair than yeah. Uh, there is there is quite a lot of stuff on Spotify though. Hmm. But I, I just thought, for 20 minutes, short and sweet, um, I, I can't even really remember my thought process that led to me doing it. I was just, like, <laughs> bored just and just it. thought, yeah. let's give it a go. Yeah, no, they, they, like, I mean, same with any other part of, of uh, Doctor Who, the TV show, the books, comics, whatever. Um, there's some good stuff, there's some bad stuff, there's a lot of stuff in between. Mm. But, you know, it's... It's just nice to have. It's nice to have more time with those things, and especially with the Eighth Doctor, who was basically this one and done um, flop. Well, it was I, so great to give Paul McGann the opportunity I was reading to in amongst yeah. the sort of big finish reviews because I didn't know which yeah. one I wanted to listen to, so yeah. I sort of got the jargons. And there's a period where he has an Ice Warrior as a companion. Really? Yeah. I've not reached that bit. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Um, yeah, I've so far I've only listened to the stuff with uh, Charlie Pollard and K. Riz as his companions, mm. uh, which are good. Um, some better than others. I really like Charlie as a mm-hmm. as a companion. I think she's she's like creeping up in close to my top ten companions. Okay, like I like her that much. She's played by India Fisher, who I think is best known for most people as the narrator on Master Chef. Okay. Okay. But she plays this sort of Edwardian, self-styled Edwardian adventuress, mm. and uh, pairs very nicely with Paul McGann. They play very well off each other. Um, anyway, this isn't a big finished podcast. I mean, I think, I think we just need to accept the fact that we are going to do everything we can to avoid talking about this week's episode. Yeah. Well, when I, I mentioned on Twitter that we were going to be looking at this, yeah, a lot of sort of our listeners said this is the finale of a trilogy of very poor episodes. But I actually yeah. quite like the last one. 
So uh, yeah, I I have no bad words really to say about Hyde. So mm. I, I I reject that notion. But what well, I will say is, Stephen Thompson, the writer of this episode, um. This is two misses in a row for him. Do you know what his last episode was? Uh, you'll have to remind me. Curse of the Black Spot. Oh. Well, this, this almost tries... This is an tries... improvement, yeah, well, I'd say. I don't know. I think this tries to hit the same beats in terms of like family and things like that. Oh, but yeah, it's but so fundamentally. signposted. Yeah. And... It's yeah. I there are some there are some things that I will try uh, that I can praise and I will praise in this story. But what I will say is overall, this this doesn't work. No, it just doesn't work, and it's and it's just such a shame because the the, the concept journey to the center of the TARDIS. We're going to set a story like going through and exploring the interior of the TARDIS we rarely get to see for obvious budgetary reasons. We generally spend most of our time in the TARDIS in the console room and that's it. Mm. Um, I, I think I'd have preferred it if they didn't do this. Yeah. Like, I mean, if this... When... Is, but the, th- the thing is, we can't do this again now. But This was our shot at doing such an episode and it's completely failed. And... When there's mystery, you know, we, we've had hints about all these different areas of the TARDIS. Yeah. But actually, yeah. when we see it, it's just the same bit of corridor that repeats yeah. it over and over. It, you know, yeah. even when we see the magnificent aspects of the inner workings of the TARDIS, it, it's not that great. It's generally underwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I will say in in favour of this episode is that from a production and set design standpoint, it is a massive improvement on the last time we had an episode that was set predominantly within the TARDIS, which was uh, the closing section of uh, Invasion of Time mm-hmm. from 1978. So sort of latish period Tom Baker, um, where... They 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 had this sequence. It's like a chase sequence through the TARDIS, um, and rather than constructing proper sets, they mostly filmed it in a disused hospital. Okay. And do you know what? Somehow the TARDIS looks an awful lot like a disused hospital. Yeah. yeah. It is so bad. So I mean, say what you like about this. They're at least trying with this with this one. There is some attempt at some interesting visual um presentation within mm. this but the the story surrounding it the performances it's just uh, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of missed opportunities yeah. i feel like it, it never gets above if you asked like an 8 year old to write if you gave them this title this is the story they'd write <sighs> pretty much is isn't it yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So shall we just rattle through this and uh, then we can tick it off the list and hopefully move on to better things next week. Never speak of it again. Yeah. So we open with a big spanning shot of a spaceship. And it made me think of the opening of Red Dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of have that vibe, doesn't it? Mm. It's a a very chunky and uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Utilitarian looking mm. sort of a ship, isn't it? It's not sleek. And on board, all the crew are asleep, except one who has robot eyes. Yeah. And that is Tricky, yes. the android. Now, I, I'm going to sort of say this as a little disclaimer, in that I'm probably going to confuse the three supporting characters. Totally understandable. Because, I mean, it, it becomes clear why at the end, but they look very similar. Yeah, they so. look similar, they sound similar, and they don't, apart from Tricky and the whole subplot of him being an android, which you know will address the, the re- resolution of that in due course, um, there is nothing to distinguish the three of them. Yeah. They're wearing the same clothes. They they all have the same motivations, mm-hmm. basically. There is very little attempt to actually distinguish between the three of them. I feel like if you've got, like... A, if you gave me, as a writer, the setup of, you know, a, a family salvage, space salvage operation, three brothers, I'm like, great, I'm going to give them all really distinct looks and personalities, because... That's what siblings are actually like. I mean... Mm. Well, I, I am one of three brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. you had the three of you in a lineup working together. and so You wouldn't behave the same way and mm. talk the same... Would you? You know? No. You'd but... obviously be related, but, you know... Mm. I just feel like it's bad, it's bad television to have related characters that are essentially interchangeable. Mm. Well, I just wanted to make that disclaimer because... I didn't want it to come across in a semi-racist way. You know, they all look the same. They all sound the yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I, I, I mean, I wasn't thinking that. I don't think any of our listeners would be. I, it's certainly, you know, not where my mind goes. But, mm-hmm. but I think we do have to address the fact that they are just. And I don't want to say it's the actor's fault because I don't think it is. I think it's as much the script and the direction as it is anything else. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, they don't. There's so little to distinguish between the three of them, and that makes it actually quite hard to follow at times. Yeah, especially when they separate from one another, and it it's hard to follow who's doing what. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So, Until you get a reminder that Tricky is the one with the with the robot eyes. Yeah. So they're checking sort of space for salvage. They're junkers, basically, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Doctor, on board the TARDIS, is trying to get Clara to talk to the TARDIS because, as we've seen in the last couple of episodes, the relationship between Clara and the TARDIS, they borderline just don't like each other. Yes, yeah. There is something going on there. We don't know what, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's a clash of personalities, maybe. Yeah. So the salvage team use a magna grab on the TARDIS, so a yeah. really strong magnet. And we get a really over-the-top suit-up montage. Where, yes. Where, you know, they're going to go see what it is. So they put on their space suits and their space boots and their space gloves and their space helmets. And it goes yeah. on and on and on and on. Yep. And as a result of the magna grab, the TARDIS shields fail. And oh well, I I I read it the other way because isn't the thing that, that the doctor is 
saying, look, I'll let you p- poke at some buttons. I'll, I'll put put the TARDIS into like basic mode. That's right. Yeah. Like training wheels on, and you can you can get to know each other and 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 have a fiddle with the console that's and right. stuff. But in... and but in the doing so, the shields have gone down, and that's yeah. why it's vulnerable to the magma grab. There we go. But, that's the yeah. That's the correct explanation. Yeah. So whilst the shields are down, the magma grab causes all holy hell on the TARDIS. Uh, Clara picks something up from the floor. It burns our hands. Then we get a big explosion. Yeah, it looks like a sort of grenade or something almost. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the titles. Yeah. Now, I just want to focus on this a little bit. Because yes. there's this explosion Yeah. that sort of blows Clara through the air. Uh-huh. And the next time we see her, she's like... Down a corridor. Like, how powerful was that explosion? <laughs> but yet, somehow it didn't kill her? Well, like, like I think she wakes implica- up in an unrecognizable part of the TARDIS. I think the implication is, you know, TARDIS, space and time, wibbly wobbly. Mm. I don't think it was a regular explosion. Okay. An explosion in the TARDIS isn't necessarily going to work the same way as the one outside of the TARDIS is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my headcanon, anyway. And I'm sticking with it. So, after the titles, the TARDIS is now aboard the salvage ship. Yeah. And we learn that the crew are Gregor and Bram Van Balen. Uh-huh. And Tricky the Robot. Yeah. And they're trying to open the TARDIS. You know, they sort of smash it with bricks and crowbars and stuff. Try a circular saw on it, I think. Mm. And, yeah, nothing's getting through. And they realise it's alive. Yeah. And it's suffering. And then I didn't really gather much from this point. They, You see someone beneath it. Like some legs sticking out. Do you? Yeah. It's a little bit like Wizard of Oz. Like when it's on, I don't remember that. When it's on, it's on like a pile of cables and just crap, uh-huh. isn't it? I remember that. I don't remember any legs sticking out. Maybe, maybe I just missed that. But it doesn't come up again, does it? No. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna have to Google this. Are you sure it wasn't just some pipes or something? Hold on. Hold on. We might have to edit this bit out, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna load up the episode on iPlayer, and I'm gonna give you a timestamp. All right. Okay. Or it turns out. I hold on because when I click on Doctor Who, it's giving me the next. I feel like if you're, I feel like if you're gonna put legs under it, like that's gonna pay off at some point. You can't just be like, oh yes, this has crushed someone to death. I'm certain that you see them, and it's like red and white striped tights. Like I have no recollection of this. Hold on, of the TARDIS. Because if if I've dreamt this, it's a weird thing to dream. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's perfectly possible, but... Right, hold on. So I've just got the episode up on iPlayer. Just skip ahead a little bit. Right, if you go to five minutes, ten seconds of the episode, (laughs) there are some legs sticking out from under the TARDIS. Okay, I can't. I can't. I'm do that pretty certain that tech, might be but... the Doctor because he appears like oh, immediately maybe. after. Maybe, maybe he's a sort of hiding or something. Yeah, I don't know why I assumed it was red tights like Wizard of Oz, <laughs> but yeah, it it look 
it's just some black trousers and sensible shoes. So I'm guessing it's the doctor. Maybe it's a doctor then. Yeah, I never noticed that. All right, yeah. well spotted. Yeah, that that's good because if I'd have like just fever dreamt that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes. So um, they they they're trying to figure out what on earth it is they pulled in. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where the doctor makes his appearance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he arrives and he blames them for wrecking his ship. Uh-huh. But then he realizes it's sort of his fault for turning the shield off to let Clara have a go. Yeah. And he offers the crew salvage of a lifetime to rescue Clara. Yeah. So I was quite intrigued because I imagine he has got some pretty big treasures in amongst everything in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Interesting mementos with his travels. Yeah, I'm trying to think what sort of thing he would have. I mean, the answer is literally anything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, so then we see Clara sort of trying to navigate the inner TARDIS as the Doctor uh-huh. and the crew enter. Yeah. So the Doctor, in order to get the crew to help... Because I think he sort of immediately notices the greed in their eyes that they think yeah. the TARDIS is the salvage and they can just get to work dismantling it. Yeah. In order to coerce them into helping, he sets a timer for one hour in order to get them to help. Yeah, he says it's the TARDIS will self-destruct yeah. at the end of that hour. Uh, I love Matt Smith in this scene. I think this is... This is Possibly the best scene in the episode. Yeah, it's him at his like frantic, maniacal best, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and we are seeing this more, more manipulative side to him. Mm. I feel like as Matt Smith's tenure has gone on, he's just sl- gradually the 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 cuddly layers are peeling away and falling off, and we're seeing more and more of of the sort of darker, more manipulative side. Mm. Just gonna let this cat out. Give me just one moment. Always makes me think of Fred Flintstone when David lets the cat out. He carries it through the door and it jumps back through the window. Right. Um, so yeah, I I, I think that the, it's it's interesting and it, it's it's a good you know good scene for Matt Smith because and, uh, when when the crew sort of question. The fact that he's, you know, set a timer for an hour, he immediately shortens it to half an hour. <laughs> yeah, and then says, I don't want to go for 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> because when he says, you know, it'll blow up in an hour, yeah. that's unlikely to make them help. So, if yeah. anything, he sort of turns the thumbscrews. Yes. And he says that when he promised the greatest salvage in the universe, it's not the TARDIS, it's Clara herself. Yeah. Yeah, and when they start to protest, he his response is just my ship, my rules. Mm. Yeah, like he is just he is so like he is so over them already. You know, like normally we see the Doctor trying to see the good in people and but trying, but he's uh, like I think it's because they fucked with the TARDIS. But also when we see him really endear himself to other characters yeah. they're usually academics or people who are like true of heart and these yeah, people who, crew people who have some sort of nobility to them in t- not in terms of 
status, but in terms of like of noble intent. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know these are just junkers, and yeah, you know, short of having so, another set of eyes, I yeah. don't think he really sees as much value in them helping him. No, I think he's a just like he's he's disgusted by their greed, mm. and um, is he, I think he feels personally kind of wounded and upset that they've they've targeted the TARDIS, who's you know his most precious thing, mm. and also he's he's stressed because he's lost Clara, who is right now his second most precious thing after the TARDIS. So, mm. um. Yeah, we're we're seeing we're seeing the doctor under pressure here. So, the doctor and the crewmen split up yeah. in order to cover more ground. But actually, one of them is going to go back to that central console room and start yeah. dismantling the TARDIS for scrap. Yeah, and can can I say this is the feel like I feel like this is the first moment where the episode goes off the rails mm. because no human being would do that. I think no matter how greedy you are, if you know you've got half an hour, you, the doors are locked, you've got half an hour, you're essentially in escape room territory at this point. And you know the only way out is to find this girl and to appease this crazy man that has locked you inside this weird ship. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you then immediately just be like, alright, time to fill the pockets. But I, I also feel that my understanding of the character of the Doctor, he would never leave someone that he's just met unattended on the TARDIS. Yeah, it feels... Yeah, so from both sides, it feels like bad writing because it's not true to either character. Mm. Um. So yeah, this is the first big warning sign of this episode, I feel like, that we're in for a bumpy ride. Um, well, yeah. It only gets better from here because this is where Clara sees a monster. Yes. Yeah. So, hello, Mabel. You're purring right into my mic, aren't you? Is that the cat? That's my cat. My cat's arrived. Um, listeners, I'm. I'm. I'm going to just. I'll try and edit around my cat, but um, you know she's an autonomous being, so I'm going to shift. Excuse me. <laughs> Done a usual thing of being really affectionate for for ten seconds and then tries to bite me. She's buggered off now. All right. Okay. Okay. So things only get better from here because this is the point where Clara sees a monster. Ah uh, yes, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the the zombies? I think they are lit- in the production. They are literally referred to as time zombies. Yeah, they so. are on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Just a man in an overall sort of black suit. <laughs> uh, it's so lazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I know Doctor Who isn't Doctor Who without some kind of monster chasing you at some point. That's just, that is part and parcel of what this show does. But it just feels so generic and lazy. Mm. To just be like, oh yeah, there's some things... And like they don't really have any distinguishing features. I guess they look at they've got the sort of like the sort of cracked red, and I, or it's like they're I think, magma creatures. I think it's a fair but... comparison because it was only just last week. Yeah. If we compare this design to the Twisted Man, 
Yeah. The Crooked Man, sorry. Yeah. You know, it, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? It really is, yeah. It just feels really phoned in on this one. And the explanation for them, when we get there, is yeah. even more phoned in. But, I mean, because uh, how many more episodes do we have of this series? Is it 13 that they... I think so. I mean, we've got we've got a couple of specials as well, to, yeah. which I would kind of bottle like, in If you'd have told seven, me this so. was the low-budget, save-a-bit-of-money episode, I'd have believed you. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was. But, uh, yeah. So, the only bit that I quite liked when Clara's running away from the monster is we see the TARDIS swimming pool. Oh, yes, we do. That's a hard back, because that's what River Song jumps into, isn't it? It is. I'm sure there are references... Well, there are references going back in the modern series at least until Matt Smith's first episode, because do you remember when he first crashes... Um, and the TARDIS, you know, he's crashed on Amy's back garden. He crawls out and he's soaking wet because he's fell into the swimming pool. Hmm. Um, And I'm sure there are classic references. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are references to the the TARDIS having a swimming pool uh, in the classic series as well. Um, But yeah, so it's nice to have a little nod to that. And then as she continues running, she goes into the TARDIS library. Yeah. And... She has a look at the burn on her hand from the thing that she picked up earlier. Yeah. And it, it was difficult to make out, but it, at this point, it looked like writing. Yes. So yeah. I, I thought it was maybe going to be some sort of Gallifreyan script that we've seen before, that the TARDIS mm-hmm. is trying to talk to her in yeah, some way. But at this point, it's unclear. You can't quite read what that says. Yes. Uh, and again, one of the crew is still in the console room dismantling the TARDIS. Uh, whilst he's doing that, the other crew members with the Doctor, and he asks what's behind all the doors in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor says, everything you could ever need. And what he's talking about there is living metal. Yeah. Okay, so the TARDIS has... A machine capable of making machines. Yeah, and it's the look of it is that like like these weird vines hanging down with these like glowing pods mm-hmm. underneath. Um, I like the design of this room. I don't necessarily like the explanation for its function. Mm. I find that a bit weird and arbitrary. Um, but I I've. Oh, the things that I think this this episode aims for in terms of showing us what's in the TARDIS at least meshes with what I imagine. In that you've got fit areas that feel like actual human architecture and human like the library where where Clara is 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 just beautiful grand library and that's sort of what what I would imagine being in the TARDIS. But then also areas that do feel very alien uh, in this sort of way. So I like the concept of it. Again, I'm immediately frustrated that the first thing he does is um, just try and grab one and shove it in his rucksack. And it's just like, you know, you're 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 literally doing this in front of the, the owner of this spaceship who is desperately asking for you to help him find his friend and has threatened you with the death of literally everyone on board if you don't help. 
So why you'd still be motivated to do that, I don't... Plus, once the Doctor's explained it to him... Yeah. The the door to the room disappears. Yeah. So... Because you, he's, like... he's, he's warned him and said, look, this ship is a living ship. You will upset it by do, by taking this. But you've got to acknowledge you're doing something wrong if the door yeah. to the room you've just come through deletes itself as a result of your actions. Exactly. Like I say, it's as though these guys have never heard of escape rooms. Mm. So back with Clara in the library, she finds on a big pedestal a book that is the history of the Time War. Yeah. Well, it says the Time of War, so I'm guessing that's the Time War. And when she's having a quick flick through it, she says, oh, so that's who. So Clara seemingly now knows the answer to the question, Doctor Who. Mm, potentially. So, as the monster approaches her, the TARDIS begins to create a maze around the Doctor and the crew. So, the TARDIS helps Clara get back to the console room, except once she's in the console room, the exit is deleted. And I don't know if it's at this point, I think it's slightly after, when she does leave the console room, the corridor she follows just brings her straight back. Yeah. So, so she's just like, she's just in some kind of spatial loop. Yeah, so for some reason, the TARDIS is keeping her there. Yeah. Um, so This is the, where it starts to remind me a little bit of the Doctor's wife and, you know, how Amy and Rory get trapped in the TARDIS and are just mm. sort of stuck in, in the same sort of looping corridors and, and things. Yeah. Whilst time goes a bit mental around them. So the monster attacks... One of the lone crewmen. And I can't mm. remember, does he die? Or does he just reappear at the end? I can't remember. Okay. I, ge- I genuinely can't remember. And yeah. I only watched this like 36 hours ago. I'm pretty certain he, he is like killed. Mm. But then the ending we get, I'm pretty certain. I Yeah, he does. But I need to explain the rest of the episode first. Right, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he is killed. So he does get he is killed, right, okay. Yeah. Then the doctor and his little crew are also in the console room, and as he scans for human girls, he realizes Clara's there too, but in a different timeline. So mm-hmm. we've seen this before where the she'll be like a second out of sync with reality. Yes. Something yeah. like that. So they're aware that she's there, but they can't yeah. They can't sort of meet up in time. Yeah. So, um, full disclosure, listeners, this is the point in the episode where my original recording failed. And we continue to have a conversation for another half an hour about the the rest of uh, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. And we literally ended the episode by celebrating the fact that we never have to talk about this episode again. Yeah, but we've got another another half hour because if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing right. This is the level of dedication, listeners. We may have shit audio quality compared to a lot of Doctor Who podcasts. We might have some of the worst opinions you'll ever hear about Doctor Who, but we are dedicated to churning out this crap for you. So you've got something to listen to 
whilst we do the washing act. So another half hour talking about Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Uh, and, and probably the worst half as well. Yeah. It's the half where everything happens but nothing worth happening happens. Yeah, that's a very good way to summarise it. Should we just leave it there? We'll apologise, because if we sound disinterested or we don't really linger on a point, yeah. it's because we've already discussed it. and We have. I have we no have. interest we... in discussing it again, and if yeah. that's not good enough for you, <laughs> we do this for free. Yeah, well, Go we fuck are, yourself. We, we, we'll try our best. Yeah. We'll try our best, listeners, but we are running on fumes at this point. Right. So, so Clara's had a bit of a runabout. She has, yeah. yeah. Um, and is this the point where the Doctor manages to pull her through into... Yeah, uh, so um, the yeah. the big monster attacks one of the crewmen and kills him. Yeah. And the Doctor is using the sonic screwdriver, I think. He's trying to lock on to human girls. Mm-hmm. He finds that Clara's there, but she's like a second out of sync. Oh, it's a scanner, isn't it? They've got that scanner for finding valuable tech and, and the doctor sets it to lancashire and sass which is how he yeah uh, how he summarizes clara because hmm. what what's the episode where the earth's a second out of sync oh god what is it's that episode? The, the, the daleks do yeah yeah the not Yes, it, what's it called? It's the Series 4 finale, and I'm blanking on the name of it now. Uh, quick Google. Um, oh, who? Is this necessary? It probably is fine. The, the, everyone who's listening will just be shouting. Yeah, but that, like, uh, Journey's End? No, it's not Journey's End. Um, Hold on. We might as well talk about a good well, maybe episode. It is, maybe it is Journey's End. The Stolen Earth. And Stolen Earth. That's it. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, Stolen Earth. Yeah. Um, that was a good episode, wasn't it? Jersey. I wish we were talking about that. Uh, it's certainly better than this, but yeah. that's that's damning with faint praise, potentially. Yeah. But, um, so the Doctor yes. locks onto Clara, pulls her through right. into his time. Yeah. And this is where the episode really falls off a cliff. Yes. So, yeah. turns out there never was a self-destruct. Yep, that was just a clever lie, as the Doctor likes to say. I mean, dick move is what I would refer to it as. I don't know. I'd say the dick move was trying to steal the TARDIS. Um, I think I feel like the Doctor is fairly justified in his actions. It's, yes, he is manipulative, but he's doing everything he can to save Clara. Not that not that it's worked. That's the other thing. It's like... Yes, he's he's played this gambit of I'm going to put it on self destruct, but the guys just start wandering around grabbing bits of the TARDIS anyway. Yeah. So it's it's not worked in terms of keeping them on on task, has it? I mean, if that's potentially your last half hour on Earth, right? Put it to good use. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Although it was never going to self-destruct, the engine really is damaged. So they do need to go to the centre of the TARDIS. They do, yes. And it's at this point, Clara starts questioning the Doctor about the monsters. Yeah. Okay, so she sort of says, why have you even got them aboard? Mm -hmm. Which is a fair question. Yeah, so my theory was that he's almost got like a little prison on the TARDIS. 
Yeah, I don't know whether he's got that per se, but I, I wouldn't put it past him having a few odds and ends. Like, there is one particular bit which... It's a throwaway reference to the resolution of the Shakespeare Code, and I cannot re remember if we've already seen it, and it's an episode that we've maybe already touched on or not, but there is that point where he's rifling through a, junk of, uh, a trunk of stuff and there's the and, and he's got like the sort of crystal ball that the witches from the Shakespeare Code are trapped in. Mm -hmm. So we know that's knocking around in the TARDIS. There might be a few other odds and ends, but yeah, it does seem weird that he would just have a load of sort of vaguely magma looking zombies. Imagine if they were like the his little like time umpalumpers. If he just <laughs> had like little helpers. And that would be every bit as uncomfortable as it is in Willy Wonka. Yeah. See, I didn't mention that in the first little bit, did I? No, you didn't. There no. was no Wumpa Lumpa talk I'm, I'm last full time. of new, fresh, bad ideas to improve this episode. <laughs> so, the burn on Clara's hand seems to show her some sort of vision. And there's a tear in the space-time continuum that's making the TARDIS leak the past. Yes. So it starts showing us visions from previous Doctor Who. Uh huh. Uh, I'm not yes, going to make you get... read the list out again if you don't. Want oh to. no, I I I'll read the list out. I've still got it up. So this yeah, is we like get... the longest we've done. Like we're going to be two hours talking about this episode. I and know. If I could pick any episode torture. not to talk about for two hours. <laughs> Uh, and it was, it's a long time since we've had a lost episode. I think we're going all the way back to episode two. Yeah, that was... Do you remember? Uh, we lost our, our complete first recording of episode two. Yeah. That was not that was an ill omen. We should have just stopped there, shouldn't we? Yeah. We should have known this was not a good, worth an idea worth pursuing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we get little snatches of, in the following order... Susan in An Unearthly Child, the Third Doctor and Joe Grant in Colony in Space, uh, the Eleventh Doctor and Idris from Doctor's Wife, the Fourth Doctor in The Robots of Death, the Ninth Doctor in Rose, Martha from Smith and Jones, Amy Pond from Beast Below, Ian from An Unearthly Child, and the Fifth Doctor in Time Crash. And interestingly, of that list, only episode you've not seen is Colony in Space. Yeah. See... So that's quite cool. I mean, you can cut this bit out if it was on the yeah. bit that we've already talked about. But the other night, when I was talking to some of the listeners on Twitch, they did question whether I actually quite like Doctor Who, because I have watched a lot now. <laughs> and, you know, one of them referred to me as a Doctor Who fan, and I still don't think I'm there. Hmm. Well, that's the uh, Doctor Who fandom is a spectrum. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the but... autistic spectrum. <laughs> I will admit, there's probably a fair bit of overlap. I in that reckon. Venn diagram. It, I reckon the Venn diagram is just one big circle. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I do think, uh, I, I do think, I. You've got to admit, there have been times where Doctor Who has thoroughly entertained you. Yeah, and, but... Like, made you feel stuff. You know, I reckon if we watched... I'm trying to think of a really bad comedy programme. 
if we watched something like two pints of lager and a packet of crisps <laughs> and did a podcast about that, I reckon once in a blue moon we would laugh at the joke. And sure. It, it's like a broken clock's right twice a day. That's how I feel about Doctor Who. But Doctor Who is good or bad? Bad. It is it's almost... Bad. Oh, sorry, We're, you're not finished that sentence. <laughs> I hadn't quite finished. Doctor Who, good or bad, There, it is always, or, or almost always, still ambitious. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not doing the same thing every week. It's going somewhere new, dipping its toe in different waters, trying different genres on for size. It's not It's not like something like Two Pints of Lager where it's the same crap every week and once in a blue moon maybe they actually do something halfway decent by mistake. There is When Doctor Who succeeds, it, se- it succeeds because... Someone's tried something exciting and it's worked. Mm. So, so, yeah. Continuing from there, the TARDIS starts to break apart, and part of it stabs Tricky the robot. Yes. Except, yeah. and this is, yeah. he's not Go Tricky on. the robot. Yeah. So we get this whole revelation. So I mentioned it at the beginning that they all look the same, and it's because Tricky is the third Van Balen brother. Yep. So. There was an explosion, Tricky lost his memory, but because originally their father had intended him to become captain, the other two brothers convinced him that he was a robot so Uh that they could sort of satiate their greed by becoming the co-captains. But the way this is all explained is they just tell Tricky that they said he was a robot for a laugh when they were bored. Yeah. Um, last time we discussed this, um, I went on quite a long rant about this. I'm going to give you the uh, TLDR version this time. Fuck this story arc. Yeah. I have nothing good to say about it. But it's dumb. The main point I made was we, we discuss all the time that Doctor Who sometimes aimed at eight-year-olds. If you yeah. were an eight-year-old watching this... You wouldn't be satisfied by this story and you wouldn't be entertained by this story. No. So, if that's the case, why does this story even happen? It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's absolutely crap. I mean, I've, I'm one of three brothers and if my little brother was in an explosion where he lost his memory... Yeah. Imagine what sort of arsehole you've got to be if you're just like, by the that's... way, you're a robot... That's the thing. I just they don't. They, the 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 brothers basically don't come across as human beings, because their sole defining characteristics seem to be greed to the point of utter stupidity, mm. and uh, meanness to their own kin, to the point of just abuse. Can you? Because they 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 have gaslit their own brother about his own human identity and basically treated him as a slave Mm. for years. What? Who writes that and doesn't understand the implications of what they're writing? Yeah. And at no point do they really seem that remorseful? No. It's just, it's like, there's this vague hint of like the doctor being like, 
oh, there's some good in there somewhere. I, I don't know that there is, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they seem like sociopaths to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's bad writing. It's just bad writing. Well, it, doesn't it, add it gets up. better from here because it turns out all along that all the monsters are just Clara. Yeah. This oh f- fuck this part of the story as well. Fuck ninety percent of this story, but that bit very much so. Yeah, like I I get that Doctor Who needs to have a monster every week. That's part and parcel of the of one of the consistent aspects of the story uh, of the show is that there will be something chasing people around for some of the episode because that's how it works. But the the. Implication seems to be that if you spend long enough trapped on the TARDIS, you turn into a weird magma zombie. Yeah. Is that what's happening here? Plus, not just that, but if you need to realign the timeline, you just boot the magma zombies off a bridge. (laughs) And also, for some reason, the brothers become zombies. Yeah, just, oh, it just makes no sense. No, bad, bad episode. So, the Doctor tells Clara about all the times he's met her previously. Uh Uh-huh, yes, I do like this bit. So we're outside on the cliff edge. I think last time we we talked about this, we we mentioned it's basically just doing dinosaurs on a spaceship again. Yeah. Just doing, like, having the outside inside. And because Um, we get to redo this part, I don't have to embarrass myself by not realising they were different spaceships. (laughs) <laughs> yeah indeed uh but i do like i like this revelation i um it's this kind of like light bulb moment for the doctor that like oh she genuinely is just an actual human being she doesn't have any understanding or knowledge or memories of these other iterations of herself that the doctor's already encountered mm. so that's that's a significant step forward in clara's story arc mm. so to get to the engine room of the TARDIS, they need to jump off this cliff. Yep. Which they do. But when they get there, the engine's all fragmented and destroyed. Yeah, and I won't bore you with the, the, the waffly ramble I went on last time. Uh, but I did mention uh, that I, I do like the visual of this, specifically because it reminds me of the a piece uh, an installation by uh, the artist Cornelia Parker who amongst other things uh, did this installation where she blew up a shed and the contents of a shed and then hung it uh, in Taint Modern with like a single light bulb in the center it's really cool and awesome look it up if if it's still I don't know if it's still um, in situ at Taint Modern if it is it's worth a, a butcher's when uh, when galleries reopen, if they are, are they open yet? Art galleries? I don't know. I would be keep them shut I forever. Be setting for anyone. <laughs> Put the funding into science and STEM subjects. Oh Boo. look, I, I want to wrap this episode up quickly, but I uh, hate the false dichotomy between art and science. As someone who is passionate about both, nah. I. Keep them separate, and then you don't get people that grow up and want to write for Doctor Who. (laughs) Keep them separate. (laughs) You know, I mean, we've used the phrase in different settings, you know, in the future, science will be indistinguishable from magic. Well, it will. 
Because science is real. Keep that funny-duddy idea out your head. All right? <laughs> Okie dokie. Right yeah. then, so... Slash um, funding to the arts, that's what I say. I mean, can you slash something that no longer exists? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep them shut. We'll, we, we'll need more car parks when they lift lockdown, so... Anyway, yeah. so they get they get to the centre of the TARDIS. It's all explodey. Um, so, and is this where the Doctor makes the undo button? Yeah, which so means he, that he the reads rest of the episode, Clara's palm. The, yeah, and the burn says, "Is it big friendly button?" Yeah, because back at the start of the episode, they've had the whole conversation. Of, you know, the, the TARDIS is going to do Lally, and, and Clara says, oh, isn't there just a button you can press? And the, the Doctor says sarcastically, oh, yeah, big friendly button. I'll just go and push that. Um, but, yeah, so that's what's actually imprinted on Clara's hand. So the Doctor then realises, oh, I need to make this. So he quickly jerry-rigs a big friendly button. Mm-hmm. Um he passes it through the time rift to his yep. former self. Yeah. Uh, and we see that what he passes through is the thing that Clara picked up initially that did burn her hand. Yep. And long and short of it, none of this episode ever happened. Yeah. So all that progress on Clara's story arc doesn't matter. Yeah. She doesn't know the, f- the Doctor's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, because she'd found that thing in the library. So, yeah, no, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the Doctor doesn't know that she's just a girl. Yeah. Dumb. And then we get a little resolution where we see yeah. that the crew were all friends again. They're all alive. They're not picking on Tricky. I think... I can't even remember. Did they tell him he's not a robot? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's... But... I don't. I don't have any. Emo- like I say, they they're basically sociopaths. I don't have any emotional investment in these people. They're such thinly written and mil- misjudged characters that 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 whole resolution to that story does just doesn't work. So it ends with the Doctor asking Clara whether she feels safe or not. She doesn't say anything. End of episode. Yeah. Let's never speak of it again. Yes. And we mean that for real this time. Yeah, I mean, I did say, I, I think we will, because we're going to use it as a touchstone for, like, crap episodes. Yeah. I, Do you think this is I, the worst one we've seen since Fear Her? I don't. I personally think I would rank uh, Curse of the Black Spot below Fear Her. Hmm. But that I really dislike that episode. And, of course, this is the same writer. So this does... Fit, this is a step up for me. I don't think the writing's any better, but I think the production and the ideas are slightly... Like, the idea of going into the TARDIS is still fascinating to me. I'm fascinated by the TARDIS as a concept, and I think some of the execution, some of the direction of the production design does hold up and is interesting. See, I, I don't know if it's just... But the just... story surrounding it is crap. I don't know if it's just the passage of time that, like... Fear has like endeared itself to me, but I think I'd probably rather watch that than watch this again. Yeah, I, I mean, I I would too. I mean, what um, what would make up your bottom three episodes? Would it be this one, Fear Her, and Curse of the Black Spot? I can't think of anything worse off the top of my head. Unquiet Dead. Fuck off. Get that in the bottom three for me. 
Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's, rubbish. You're never, you're never going to let that go, are you? No, just because I know it annoys <laughs> you. you know, it's a really good episode. All those really it's hurtful solid. things that you say off mic, and I have to keep, <laughs> I have to keep your dark secret. You know, I think this is the first time in weeks we haven't mentioned what you feel about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, you know, uh, what have we got okay, next week? Right. Uh, ne- next week it's Crimson Horror, the Crimson Horror. Um, See that that sounds like a historical, but we had one last week, so I don't know what's coming. Uh, well, I mean, it could be anything, couldn't it? That's a, the beauty of Doctor Who. I hope it's got a monster in it that's really rubbish. <laughs> just like oh. a real, I just want a man in a big red suit that's called himself the Crimson Horror. <laughs> And he just runs around like wailing like a ghast, you know. Uh, just well, I, I really hope it's over the top and just really shit. <laughs> well, what if I tell you that it's by Mark Gatiss? Oh, it will be then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like uh, he can't go on forever. Does he ever stop? He does. Good. He does. Uh, um. I won't tell you exactly when, um, but he does. He doesn't extend. I'll tell you at least he doesn't extend into the current era. So there's no there's no Chris Chibnall era Mark Gatiss stories. Oh, that's um, that's good to know. But I, I will t- I will say, the Crimson Horror is not his last. <laughs> so I'm going to bake a cake. At least one more after this. I, after I'm gonna this week to going to come to your house with a cake. And a party hat. <laughs> and I'm going to wear a crown, like I said last week. Yeah. And I'm going to make you kiss my signet ring. <laughs> and tell everyone I'm the best. Oh, man. Look, you never know, you might enjoy it. Have you, you, you must have enjoyed a Mark Gator story by this point. I, I honestly don't think I have. You didn't hate Cold War. Oh, I forgot he did that, but it's yeah, it's not it's a, decent that it's one. It's not a great one, is it? Yeah, it's all right. Night Terrors is all right. Oh no, because Night Terrors is the one you shouted at me. Oh, I did have a little go at you on that one. Yeah, it's I, the yeah. it's like one of the great secrets of the podcast <laughs> that like enemy of the show Tim Riley's even texted me before asking what happened that you shouted at me, <laughs> and I just told him it was the darkest day of our friendship. It possibly was. Yeah. I see. It didn't seem. It didn't feel like it at the time. But you know, I think you just you just pushed one of my buttons. Yeah. Um. On that on that week's episode. Yeah. We it's not. We won't relitigate it. No, but, I, uh, I like it being a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, who knows? Maybe you'll rile me even further next week when we discuss the Crimson Horror. But I'm, I'm going then... to. I'm going to pretend that I've always <laughs> loved Mark Gatiss. <laughs> Oh, I'd just be I'd be happy to play along with that because he gets enough stick from other people and I uh, I will always defend him as a Doctor Who writer. I don't think he's perfect, but I think he on balance he's done far more good than harm in terms of uh, his contributions to Doctor Who. Uh, but yes, so let's see if uh, next week's a good one. Until then, thank you very much for listening everyone and cheerio. I know.
Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme. <laughs>